Newtown is a special African-American community with special people. of the early arrivals came to Sarasota looking to better their lives. An indomitable spirit emerged out of their struggle, and a strong faith ushered them through many challenges. The Newtown Alive Project recorded oral history interviews to preserve community history and pride. I'm Vicki Oldham. New residents to Sarasota came from southern states, such as Alabama. John Rivers was born in Sonsville, Alabama, and moved from Mobile to Sarasota in 1951. Now, he came searching for work to support his growing family. Mr. Rivers was interviewed in his home on October 29, 2010. New college student Courtney Laparolari, the interviewer, was part of New College of Florida's Sarasota Oral History Project in partnership with us at Newtown Alive. John Rivers, and I'm 79 years old. I came here directly from Mobile, Alabama. We were from the same city up in Gosport, Alabama. Got married when we were very young, and had kids when we were very young. Ended up with seven we decided to come to Florida when we had about 14 grade and then I think about 17, no, grandchildren, yeah, 14 of those and then about uh, 17, 18 of the great-grand. I was concerned once I came here because we were so far behind in Sarasota. So this was a very different thing than we were accustomed to. Mr. Rivers arrived at a time when African-American residents were engaged in the struggle for racial equality. The NAACP Sarasota branch was founded in 1952. Mr. Rivers was the second president of the NAACP's Sarasota branch. Neil Humphrey Sr. was the first NAACP president. On October 3, 1955, Mr. Humphrey began organizing car caravans to Lido Beach to stage what was called wade-ins. 100 Newtown residents drove to the beach in defiance of Jim Crow laws. Yeah, well, everything was segregated at that time, and the beach was one of the top. I love to challenge things, and that developed a challenge for me to participate here and it worked out real good. Mr. Rivers attended several NAACP meetings to hear members discuss their concerns about civil rights violations. He sat there listening, and then he became an officer. Later, the organization's second president, he continued the push for integrated beaches. When we first started going to the beach, it was in Venice because we weren't allowed to go here in Sarasota. And 
going to the beaches in Venice, we had no problem at all. But after going there, it's 18, 20 miles from here down there, and that was long distance, unnecessary long distance, and we took issues with that. And after going there for a while, we then started to going to Lido Beach. And at that time, once we planned that, we had some problem. The reporters came and they identified the cars, took pictures of the cars that was there, given the, the tag number and all of that stuff. And from the tag number, the system could pick up the names of the people. And some of the people were fired just because they went to the beach, you know, attended the beach there. But we didn't stop at that time. We went into the water and the first time, and then the next day they canceled out everything, closed the beach on us. And that time I was leading the group. So we had left Lido and was headed back into town and on the second day that we were there. And then I decided, I said, you know, I, I, I just feel like that those people are in that water out there now. We was on our way back across the bridge. So let's go back. And we turned around and went back, and sure enough, there was all the beach was full of people. And the policeman came back and say, oh, the beach is closing again. I said, no, no, you go on to town. If we need you, we will call you. But other than that, we don't need you. The remainder of us, though, that we continued to go every week until it was a simple thing. We stood together. That was a group called John Birch Society. They were very outspoken against us going to the beach. So they suggested that they go out in the water, out in the beach waters, and then develop an island there, and then get a boat and take us out to the island and and then bring us back on the board. Well, that didn't fly. They said, well, okay, we will build a pool in the Newtown area there if y'all would accept that instead of the beach. And it's about, I guess, August. And that kind of angered the people they decided, no, says, no, no, we, we don't even want to talk about that. So I looked at it, I said, look, look, wait a minute, let's, let's think. I said, we don't have a beach. We don't have uh, a pool. Therefore, let's accept it. Let's accept that, and then we'll have a beach, and then when you all bring about the dedication of the pool, I will then take a group and we will go to the beach and we'll have both. And that's exactly what happened there. So. <laughs> so we wanted to go to the siesta and we did. And that was very, very nice. Nice beach, nicer beach. We only had one incident. Some guy came up there with a pickup truck and it was had a lot of glass bottles in there. 
and he got out the truck and he and how I guess he had somebody to help him because we had about 12 14 cars with that he got out of the truck and got the bottle and he put them under the, each one of the car that we was there that was ours you know and I was out in the water at that time and someone called out to me to come come hurry you know so when I came out still putting his bottles under the tires of the cars and I walked right up to him and just nearly nose to nose and I said look I want you to get every bottle you had out there and put it under the I want them out and I want it out now so he looked over and none of his people were there to support him so he started pulling the bottles out from under the cars and that was a victory Chesky Beach is, is a very pleasant place to go. I've done that. I was wish for master for the Masonic group, you know, and we have our annual day there. And we used to go out in the morning. We had to go out there and walk off a of space because it was so full of people. You wouldn't, couldn't get in there. So we did that. And when we first, first time we did it, and I was out there early morning by daylight to rope it off, you know, and one of the guys, white guys there said, what are you doing? I said, I'm just roping off some space because our organization going to be in. He said, how many do you have in your group? I said, about 200. He said, you won't have no problem. You said, oh, just come on with that. You, gonna, you got that many blacks together. <laughs> but I never had there, Alabama, Georgia, Tennessee, all around southern states, you know, and I ain't had no problem with them, but it could have been, but Sarasota's, well, you, you've been here long enough to see that it's different now, it's, it's much better than what it was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The next issue tackled was the integration of the public school system. Mr. Rivers was bold and announced a boycott of the public school system. 2,353 African-American students protested the closure of a Newtown neighborhood school, Amaryllis Park Elementary, on May 4th. 1969. The boycott was a victory for Newtown, the NAACP, and its leaders. Newtown residents, many of us, remember Mr. Rivers for registering voters, announcing polling places by riding through the community with a bullhorn on a flatbed truck. He tirelessly fought on behalf of residents for equal employment and pay mail service delivery, and all sorts of services throughout Sarasota.
Funding for this program was provided through a grant from the Florida Humanities Council with funds from the National Endowment for the Humanities. Any views, findings, conclusions, or recommendations expressed in this program do not necessarily represent those of the Florida Humanities Council or the National Endowment for the Humanities. Visit NewtownAlive.org for more information on this episode and other projects.